Welcome to the First Stand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we're back with another great episode for you guys. I'm here with current Gannon College starting quarterback, Corey Curtis. Corey, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing well, man. You know, I want to jump right into your story because you've got one of the cooler stories out of anybody who's, you know, still playing college ball. You are from Florida, correct? Yes. So from Florida, but you were originally a Buckeye. You, you got your college career started there in columbus with the ohio state buckeyes how did you get from florida to up to columbus ohio um well uh i was committed to miami as a sophomore in high school um and then al golden was fired and they brought in mark rick and uh he didn't want he didn't want me so then i decided okay so i'm gonna look elsewhere uh i took my five official visits um i almost went to usc north carolina um I liked App State, and then I got a call late in the recruiting process, like four days, five days before uh, signing day, and uh, Coach Dan, Coach Mauer just wanted to give me an opportunity uh, to play there, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take my opportunity and go try to play big-time football. What went into that decision as far as, like, you know, at the time, that quarterback room was absolutely loaded, you know. What was it like getting, you know, getting recruited not only by Ohio State, but knowing, like, hey, they've got some dudes on that roster. Yeah. Um, so at the time, maybe I was a little naive, but I thought I could compete with anybody. Um, and I still think I still think that I can. Um, Coach Dan just came from the 49ers and I was like, well, uh, he knows he's he's been in the big leagues. He kind of knows what's going on. He can teach me the offense. He's one of the best off co- offensive coordinators um, in college football now. Uh, so uh, and he taught me most of what I know about football. So I was I was thinking I can go there and become a better quarterback, uh, more well-rounded. So you get to Ohio State, and like we alluded to, the quarterback room was deep. What was that first year like there with the Buckeyes? Um, kind of a uh, shell shock for uh, me and Tate at first a little bit. Um, we were a little bit behind, but uh, we pulled it together. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, got really close with a couple of the guys. Dwayne was one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, so that was pretty cool. You know, uh, it, you alluded to Tate Martell there, you know. A lot of people think that, you know, Tate just didn't have the talent to play in college. That's just not – I mean, you don't do the things he did at Bishop Gorman unless you are that talented. Um, no. What did you see getting to practice with him every day and, you know, being recruited with him? What did you see talent-wise? Uh, I mean, he's a talented kid. Uh, he was – obviously, he didn't lose a game in high school. Uh, he was um, – I think that there's things that people – don't realize that like people are human and have to deal with things that are off the field. Um, and it was nothing on the field. That was his issue. Uh, stuff off the field that just hurt him. Um, and I'm sh- hurt him everywhere. And uh, something he probably still deals with today. So, but he's a great guy, great football player. And you alluded to making friends with a lot of guys on the roster. There was, I mean, there was just a ton of talent. I mean, I was looking at some of the defensive guys you were going up against in practice and just like, holy cow. I mean, no wonder you're putting up the numbers you're putting up now when you're going oh, against yeah. that defense every day in practice as a, you know, true freshman. Oh yeah. We were live against like, I think our, the DN was Nick. So it was Nick Dosa. And then Draymond was the, the, the tackle. Um, we had like Pete Warner was that linebacker. 
Jerome Baker, Denzel was at corner, Jordan Fuller was at safety. So it was kind of good to go against those guys every single day. And then, you know, a lot of people don't understand that just because you're not getting on the field on game day does not mean that you don't play a massive role on a team like Ohio State. You know, I was reading you were a scout team guy, and what folks don't understand about scout team is your job is solely to emulate whoever you, you know, you're going up against that week. What was that like being a scout team guy? Um, it's kind of crazy. My freshman year, I was live every day. So that was kind of scary, but like it was, it was, it, it, he kind of threw me into the mix. It was cool. Uh, I built a great relationship with coach Tiana, which is now the coach at Rutgers. Um, and it just helped me get close with the defensive guys, which is something that, uh, usually you don't get as a quarterback. Usually you're just working with the offensive guys and just doing that type of thing. But then my sophomore year is when I just was solely with the offense. And that was, that was fun for me as well. Just two different sides of, of college football. So it was fun. You got to be a Rose Bowl champion. Can you take us through what those emotions were like, knowing that, you know, you played a big part of that Rose Bowl championship. Can you talk about what that feeling was like? Uh, it was awesome. Um, so I kind of emulated – I was like Sam Darnold all week. Um, so that was a lot of fun because uh, he kind of just played the game just like me. Um, we're just pocket passers, but we kind of just make things happen on, on the fly. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then during the game, I just got to watch Dwayne take off. So – that was a lot of fun, too, because I'm so proud of him. You know, and I want to ask you about Urban Meyer, because a lot of people, you know, Urban is one of the best college coaches to ever do it. You know, his reputation maybe took a little bit of a hit with the <clears> whole <throat> Jaguars thing. But as a college coach, guys, you know, it's hard to find one better. What was it like being coached by him? Um, Awesome. Uh, he not only taught you, like, how to play football or how – or, like, anything like that. He, like, taught you, like, how to be a man. Um, he always like instilled like things like E plus R equals O. Uh, like for every event you get in life, you have a response that determines your outcome, and it's like something he lives by. Um, because not everything's gonna go good, just like in the NFL it didn't. But he's responding in a different way, and he's helping uh, people in other ways. So that's awesome. You know, and you alluded to Ryan Day being one of the smartest offensive minds. You know, without he, a doubt, he's taken some hits here lately. You know, people question his play calling, and you know if he's using all the weapons the Buckeyes have, right? What would you tell people, you know, about Ryan Day and maybe tell Buckeyes fans, you know, pump the brakes on the Ryan Day slander? Yeah, um, they just need to take, yeah, take a step back. That guy is a genius. Um, he caught, he sets up things four or five plays ahead. Um, he has people come wide open. And if you don't think that he's a good play caller, everybody touches the ball. Six, seven to eight different people touch the ball. Um, obviously, every quarterback that he's had is – broken records or will break records uh, have been in the Heisman contention. Um, so I think he knows what he's doing. He's a pretty good coach. What was your fondest memory as a Buckeye? Do you have one that stands out amongst the others? Um, Yeah. My first, uh, like, inner squad scrimmage uh, against the starting defense, uh, I had three passing touchdowns and one rushing in front of, like, all the parents, stuff like that. That's probably my best memory for me. But for as a team is um, – Actually winning the Cotton Bowl is a lot of fun. It's like our first like kind of like championship together. So it was, that was really cool. You know, and you've alluded to it. Dwayne Haskins, you know, was not just a terrific quarterback, but also a terrific person and a true friend of yours. What what was that like just getting to be close to him, not only seeing him ball, but also just him as a person? Obviously, you wear number seven now to honor him. Yeah. Um. He He – helped me with my mental health and everything. Uh, he helped me with every, like, we'd sit, me and him never made weight. So we always had to, like, go and sit in the hot tub in the morning, like, 
for hour an hour before we go wait in and um to make weight and just got really close together. Uh, we did everything together. Went out to eat. Did everything. We did everything together. So it was just him as a person is just it's obnoxious to hear what people have to say sometimes because they never knew him and they don't know him. They'll never know him. So it is what it is. You know, and that's one thing you find out really quick is people. People think they know everything. You know, we talked about Buckeye fans think that Ryan Day maybe just isn't elite enough to lead the Buckeyes. But, you know, (laughs) all he does is put, you know, I I was watching the Monday night game tonight and Chris Olave, look at him. I mean, he's he's a star. Garrett Wilson, he's a star. That shows you how good of a recruiter he is, Coach Day is, because Coach Day went and found Chris Olave whenever no one else was even looking at him. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. So that, that that's always one I've I've found interesting is you know how great Ohio State has of recruiters. Do, do you remember in your time there were there any big recruits that you were like, dang, that's a high schooler, but he can ball. Um, I'm trying to think. Zach Harrison when he came. Um, I came in with a good class though, so like they kind of like set the tone. There was not really like. Chasing was in my group. I mean, Wyatt Davis. There were some big dudes, big time dudes that came with our group. So JK was in our group. So it's like a good class to come in with. Did you know Chase Young was going to be the number two overall pick when you? I played? had no idea. I was actually when our first practice, I was fighting with him to be first in line. <laughs> so it was like kind of like, you know. So you, I had no idea. You did end up leaving the Buckeyes though, and you ended up transferring to Bryant University. What went into that decision? Um. We uh, we we figured out that they were recruiting Justin, um, and that kind of made us all uneasy, all three of us, so me, Tate, and uh, Matt. So we all decided to leave, um, which was a hard decision because we think that if we, one of either one of us would have stayed there, we would have done good there. Uh, um, but yeah, so we transferred. Uh, I tran- we all transferred, but I decided to pick Bryant, um, because. <clears throat> It was a good school as well as like I wanted to help change the program, um, which I think we started when I was there. Um, and so, yeah, I just went there, played a season. I graduated with my degree and I decided to transfer again because they didn't have my master's uh, degree that I wanted. So. So and you alluded to it, you ended up transferring again. You're currently at Gannon and uh, you talk about changing the culture and doing something special. What you guys are doing this year is truly remarkable. Eight and two. You yourself have put up, you know, video game numbers, 23 touchdowns to three interceptions. You knocked off the number 11 team in the country. You know, talk talk about what a special group you guys have this year and just how fun it's been to help change the culture. Yeah, it's been a blast. Um, it's good being around a bunch of guys that care about football and actually know the game of football or willing to, like, learn it. Um and maybe not be like the biggest recruits that you've ever heard of, but like they're guys that are going to work hard every single day and day in and day out, they're going to work hard. Um, listen to our coaching staff and that our coaching staff is good offensively. Coach Rayburn can call an offense too, as well. Um, he comes from a good lineage of coaching. His, I think his uncle is the most winningest football coach in all of college football history or something like that. Like he, he's a good coach. Um, comes from good, good stock. Um, so I think they were, Finally, everybody just bought in. Um, they were young before, and now they're a year older since I've been here. And I think we can hang with anybody now. And you guys have proven it. I mean, you guys, big numbers all year. 
I, I've seen, you know, a guy alluded to be the number 11 team in the country. And in that game, he threw for almost 350 yards. You had the winning touchdown with about five minutes left in the game, which was a rushing touchdown. You've actually got four of those this year. Um, yeah. Is, is that something you pride yourself in being able to do is, you know, um, no, I just like, I like hitting people, um, which is not sometimes always my favorite thing. Like at Ohio State, like uh, Coach Day would get mad when I would hit people, but then Coach Meyer loved it. So it's just one of those things, either you love it or you hate it. Uh, here, they don't necessarily love it, but they like it like at the goal line. Um, and again, that's just great play calling by coach and then good job by the uh, O-line up front, paving the way. So I want to ask you, because you have, you know, on this show, we try to tell people you don't have to go D1 to see talent. There's talent everywhere. Oh, yeah. But you've been at the top. You've played for Ohio State. You're now at one of the better D2 programs, Gannon. So I want to ask you, what, in your opinion, is, you know, kind of a common misconception between D1 and D2 and just these smaller colleges? First off, I think that it's not good football. Uh, this – the PSAC is just as good as any FCS program, which is Division One. Um, our conference is more of like the SEC of the Division Two. It's like more hard-nosed, hard – like football. Um, there's a lot of drop-downs, too, like – that go to the NFL. Like, people misconstrued going D2 as not doing good. Um, it's something that I struggled with when at first, but then once I got here, I was like, oh, this is good football. And I think it's pretty much the same talent. There's, like, usually – obviously, there's not, like, a Chase Young that's, like – or Nick Bosa or a Chris Olave that is just head and shoulders over everybody else. But everybody's pretty good or really good. Um, and I, I really, honestly, this it's just not the depth. depth the depth is the only difference. Like, you're not going to have a three- or four-star guy on the bench, stuff like that. Like, You know, and I think one thing people don't understand is there's guys who have gone from D1 to D2 to NFL. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind for me is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill started out at Oklahoma yeah. State, had some issues, went down to West Alabama, and I, I, I think his career's okay. I, I think Tyreek Hill's done all right. He's about to be a 2,000-yard receiver this year. He's on pace for it. <laughs> he has uh, obliterated me a couple times in fantasy this year. We talked about Chris Olave. I'm uh, currently, like, sweating Olave because I need him to just get one more catch, and I win my game this week. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, if we, if we can speak that into existence right now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But I want to ask you a little bit because, you know, like I said, you've played at all these levels. You've been, you know, in the Rose Bowl. You've been on a program that was rebuilding. What and you alluded to it before. This game is more than just on the field. There's so much off the field, you know, that goes into it. How do you yourself prepare to be able to, you know, not only go out there and play at the level you're currently playing at, but also to lead the other 10 guys on the offense? Um. I think I just take a little bit from everybody that I've seen. Um, first off, it's a brotherhood. That's what I learned. Like, if you know that everybody has your back, you know that if you're fighting for the man next next to you, I think you're going to fight a little bit harder than um, if you don't. Uh, I think that I just took a little piece from JT. JT is more of a vocal leader. Uh, Dwayne was not. He did. He did. Um, he led by example. And then Joe was a little bit of both. Uh, so I just took from those three people. Um, and I try to do a little bit – I speak up when I have to. Um, I try to lead by example and not work everybody. Um, and I think that everybody sees that and knows that I put in the, fil- the film work and stuff like that. So I think it makes it easier for me to lead knowing that I, I'll be there. I'll have their back no matter what. I'll take the blame for them no matter what. I'll have their back, stuff like that. I think that helps on our offense. 
So I want to ask you, you know, if you had to rank, because, you know, folks don't understand quarterbacks, you still got, you guys still got to be in the weight room. So obviously as a quarterback, there's a lot of film study, but there's also the weight room and then the practice field. So if you could rank them as far as most important to least important, film room, weight room, and practice field, where would they rank in your opinion? Oof, that's tough. Um, I think that if you work, I'd have to say practice. Um, yeah, so practice, weight room, then film. Obviously, film is important, but practice, you practice how you play. So you want to go out there and you need to get the mental reps. You need to go through it, go through your reads, stuff like that. And then in the weight room, you know, if you at work, if you're out working the guy across from you, you know, you have a little edge, you have a little chip on your shoulder. Um, and then the film room comes with just being at, being able to identify the coverage better, which come, it kind of correlates with practice. You, you get the scout looks, you see what they're running, you know what they're running, you know your read keys, your movement keys, all that type of stuff. So when you were at Ohio State, obviously, you know, you've alluded to the coaches and, you know, the quarterbacks. If people haven't picked up, JT is JT Barrett, who, you know, I I always will have a soft spot for JT Barrett. That run that he had against Virginia Tech is truly just a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously Joe, um, for us people here in Ohio, that's Joe Burrow. Um, I, I've heard he's decent as well. I think he'll have a decent right. NFL career. So when you're in a film room with them, you're in a quarterback room, and you've got guys like that, you've got guys like Dwayne, what, what's watching film like? What's, you know, just – day-to-day life like when you've got that deep of a room um it's pretty much like just like we're just like all like brothers like we we fight we we get on each other's nerves uh, we're best friends we're close uh we watch when we watch film together we we pick on each other with different things we say hey you could, could you have seen this look at this movement key oh what do you think about this like we just we're the devil's advocate with each other and then obviously we had coach day and Corey dennis in there with us which is our their geniuses again like literally if you just sit down and hear them talk football it's ridiculous you know and Corey dennis is a name that people need to know because the dude is going to someday have a head coaching job what one day soon i, I mean I you see all these Ohio State coordinators and everybody talks about Brian Hartline and rightfully so. But yeah. what can you tell us about Corey Dennis? Because I, I I don't think the man gets enough credit. That guy's one of the hardworking, most hardworking coaches I've been around. Um, whenever I was there, he was GA, so obviously he was like working up from the from the bottom. And Coach Meyer was harder on him um, because it was his son-in-law. Um, so it was something that was very uh, very cool to be around because I've seen him at the low level and he's been killing it. Um, he did a good job there. He would always be there any time of the day to help us out, whether it was out of football and football film. Hey, we need this cut up this week. JT would always be with him. Um, he would be like our, like our older brother talk to us and stuff like that. Now that he's the quarterback coach, I mean, I still talk to him. He called me the other day and we talked about like, what's the next step for like the NFL, what bowl games do I want to go to stuff like that. Um, and he like kind of helped me like narrow down what I think and where I want to go and what I want to do. So he's still like a mentor to me. You know, and you you alluded to Gannon playing in a really tough conference in the PSAC. I want I want to you know give you guys a little bit of love. You guys did something that uh is is not known at Gannon. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, recent history you guys just had this past week? Um. So we. So, again, obviously, it hasn't been, like, a rich school of football, uh, but we changed it. Uh, we'd be a, the number 11 team. Um, we came in the game knowing that it was going to be a shootout. Um, 
So we knew that we were going to have to score. We we're going to have to score fast uh, to hang with them. Uh, we eventually beat them. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, caught them in some coverages that they just were misaligned in and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, and then we finally became a – we kind of were ranked for the Super Regionals to be able to make the playoffs if we win this next week. So that's awesome. So you talked about it. You guys got to win to hopefully get get into the playoffs. What's what's the mindset been like around the locker room and the team, and how are you guys preparing to take care of business this weekend? Um, I've kind of been preaching, like, that we haven't made it yet. Like, we still have one more game. Like, don't let up. Uh, like, just because we are in the rankings doesn't mean that we're there. It'd be like if Ohio State lost their last game of the year, it'd be like, okay, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, you still have to practice and – prepare and everything like like you're playing IUP you're like you're playing the number 11 team in the country um like today today was our day that we picked up on tendencies I was like I need all the quarterbacks to be able to look and you guys got the safeties you guys got the linebackers I need you guys to pay attention make sure that we still are picking up everything you know and you've talked a lot about the guys you played with at Ohio State and obviously those names are super recognizable some are doing some big things in the league now Um, I want to give you know a chance though for people to hear some of the names you've gotten to play with at Gannon because obviously you guys are eight and two. There's some legit talent there. Who are some of the guys that maybe people don't know, but we need to know? Um, I have a couple of receivers. Uh, two people are out. Two people are hurt gone for the year, which is very unfortunate because they were, um, I think Sam played in four games and had like 600 yard receiving. He's ridiculous. Sam East. Um, uh, he hurt his hand and his hamstring. Um, and then uh, Donnell Mason, he's a freshman, a true freshman. And he put in three games. He had 400 yards receiving. Um, he just broke his collarbone last game. He's going to be – he has a chance to play in the NFL one day. Um, and then KB, he's our ex. He's our, our uh, man beater. Uh, he's about – he's close to 1,000 yards. Um, very good receiver. Um, we have a tight end. Um, that's good. He's a little banged up right now, but he's a good blocking tight end. His name's Witt. And then we have two, I think – Wit and uh, no, no, we have Montana and uh, Riley, which are our right guard and right tackle, which is our elite. Um, so I, I think we're doing a good job offensively. And then there's a guy named Chris Farnsworth, which he'll probably be a first team All American um, on our defense. Um, and Nick White, uh, which his dad is Reggie White, not the Reggie White that everybody knows, but he played for the Patriots, so he's a pretty good defensive end as well. So but we have some dudes. You alluded to it too. You're the goal is for your career to continue to go, you know, to the next level. And you've alluded to some of these, you know, you know, postseason bowl games that, you know, draft prospects can play in. Do you, what is your plan? Is your plan to play for those? Have you been invited to any yet? What's the next steps to look like for you? Yeah, I've been, I've been invited to a couple. Um, Like the FCS bowl, the East and West, the podium one. Um, I got invited to the small school combine, which is pretty cool. Like if you get invited, if you do good there, then they'll invite you to the, the actual NFL combine. Um, and it's all in the same place. It's all in Indianapolis. So that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I've been invited. Um, it's all, it's all in God's plan. Just allowing whatever happens to happen. Just so, being prepared for the moment. So obviously, you know, having been at Ohio state, been at several other universities, you've seen a lot of quarterbacks, you've seen a lot of football. When you were growing up though, was there any quarterback that you tried to emulate? Was there anyone that you watched a lot as a kid and said, I want to play like him? Yeah. So Tim Tebow was one of them, which is, that was pretty cool to be able to play for Urban Meyer because that's kind of like how I wanted to play, um, which I kind of still try to play hard nose like that. Um, 
and to play like talk about Jesus using my platform and stuff like that. Um, and then Peyton Manning, I'm trying to be one of more one of the more cerebral quarterbacks. Uh, just knowing where to go with the ball, fast, quick, in the ball out of my hand, stuff like that. So those are the two that I kind of emulated, which is aren't different ends of the spectrum, but together that's kind of how I wanted to play, kind of like Big Ben a little bit. You know, and I want to get into you know talking a little bit more specific about your position because you know there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that people have strong opinions on, and and one of them's currently playing in your home state of Florida, and a guy by the name of Tua, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, People got some strong opinions on Tua that he's only looking good because of his receivers. And, you know, then you have the other side that say he's uber accurate. I want to get your take. What, what's your opinion on a guy like Tua's game? Uh, so I've seen Tua play in person, um, play, uh, put against him in 7 on 7, stuff like that. Um, Tua is a very smart quarterback, um, knows where to go with the ball, stuff like that. And it's like with any quarterback. I mean, if you have weapons around you, you're going to play well, obviously. But you got to know when to, where to go with the ball. You got to make the right reads. Um, he's with a good quarterback guy right now uh, that came from the 49ers, kind of like the same same area. Um, so I think, like, some people are too harsh on quarterbacks. Um, it's a hard position, and no one else could probably do it if you haven't been doing it. Um, you have to make a decision in, like, two seconds, three seconds, and a lot of people can't do that while they're driving. So it's just kind of funny to see pe- what people have to say. I think two is a good quarterback. I was going to say, right now – the the uh, knock we get, you know, being here in central Ohio, everyone has an opinion on CJ Stroud. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously being compared to Bryce Young because one of them is probably going to go and have to try and save the Detroit Lions franchise. Um, sorry to either one of them, but, hey, it's going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of people have a strong opinion on Stroud. And the knock I've heard a lot this week is, you know, Ryan Day's offense is too simple and quarterbacks only have to have one read. And if 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 – if Stroud gets thrown off his first read or when Justin Fields would get thrown off his first read, they don't have the ability to process because Ryan Day's offense is too simple. What what would you say to uh, people who maybe shouldn't talk about quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, so with Coach Day's offense, it's not easy, first off. Um, you could look at one play and it looks like six different plays. There's side adjustments. There's, hot, there's built-in hots. There's all this stuff. And – is they don't even know what they're talking about when they go to the first read. Sometimes there's full field progressions, sometimes there's half field progressions, there's movement keys, like like just on mesh, like everybody, the standard mesh, the running back has the wheel, there's an there's over-the-ball route at 10 yards, the two mesh routes on the post. So you alert the post against quarters. Um, you, you look at your movement keys, the widest defender, which is the corner usually. If the corner runs with the, with the mesh route, then you know it's man. You go wheel to mesh to mesh. If it's zone, then you go, okay, look at the corner. He's going to get width. You go mesh to OTB to mesh. It's So, yes, maybe he's looking at one key, but, like, it changes your whole outcome. And that's one thing, you know. I, and that's just on mesh. And that's the thing. If you think that's all the Buckeyes run, you probably should tune in on a Saturday because there's a lot of different concepts. Yeah, and even on that play, like, if, okay, so – if the linebacker comes to the wheel side, he the running back has to know, okay, I'm turning my route into a swing route, and that's my built-in hot. Like, and again, zone, the mesh sits, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like, it's just kind of crazy that people don't know what they're talking about when it comes to that. I was going to say, when when you live in central Ohio and, you know, we, we get the Columbus sports <laughs> radio and these guys hop on there and it's uh, – the Buckeyes are undefeated and you'd think we haven't won a game the way some of these people talk about, you know, you know – <clears throat> 
right Ryan Day is too one-sided with his play calling it's too simple you know all this it's it, it's very funny I want to ask you though because you played for three different offenses you know you played at three different schools how do you feel that helps you as you prepare for the next level and you're gonna have to learn a new playbook you, you've played for how many different offensive coordinators and stuff how do you think that gives you an advantage um I think it gives me an advantage because <clears throat> the terminology with Coach Day was at the NFL level. It's basically the same playbook that he ran with the 49ers. Um, long verbiage, all, all of that. Um, at Bryant, we pretty much – they looked at my playbook and we kind of like pretty much tried to emulate it. Uh, here at Gannon, we use more of an air raid type system. Um, uh, but more recently this year, we put more of the pro style into it. So I think it's going to help me with whatever NFL team decides to give me an opportunity. Uh I think that will help me learn their playbook fast um, and then be able to know the terminology and be able to pick it up and just go out there and just play rather than think the whole time. You know, and I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to, you know, ask you to give a little bit of advice to some high school athletes. And I want to start specifically with having you give advice to a high school quarterback. Um, okay. So if you could talk to a young high school quarterback that has decided that, Hey, I want to pursue this. I want to play in college. If you could tell that young high school quarterback, to focus on a couple of things. What would you tell that kid? Hey, if you want to take your game to the level where you can play in college, here's the things you need to start working on. Well, the first thing is probably to be more cerebral. I think the core acquisition is more, mostly like like 80%, I think is cerebral. I mean, at this level, everybody can throw the football. Everybody can, has pretty good footwork. It's, it's in your brain is where like you separate yourself. Um, I think that if you can learn your coverages and be able to get through it and be able to identify which coverages when you get to the line and not just go out there and just play, but go out there and, okay, okay, I'm getting cover three. I kind of know where I'm going to go here on this play, which I'm going to go. Um, and just get in your jump rope, make your feet faster, uh, quicker, work every single day on not necessarily just your three-step drop. We're going to, okay, you're in your three-step drop and your right guard bust. Okay, now I have to step up real quick or I have to step back and then throw the ball off platform. Um, because most of the time you're in a game at the collegiate level, you're not throwing on your like your regular platform when you take a three-step drop. I think learning to throw off platform, learning to get off and throw with different arm slots, I think that's huge. Um, it's something that took me until I got to college to learn, so I was a little bit behind the curve. Um, but I think it's something that everybody should know. And then I want to ask you, too, because, you know, you've been at the high of playing for the Buckeyes, and now you're having a lot of success at Gannon. But you alluded to it. You thought that you were going to Ohio State to compete and win that job. Things didn't go the way you expected them to. So I want to ask you to give advice to a kid who maybe is in a situation where things aren't going the way they expected them to. What did you tell that kid, you know, not only perseverance-wise, but also making the most of the opportunity they do still have? Um. Yeah, so, like, a lot of people can look at the situation and be upset that um, things didn't go the way that you wanted to go. Um, I think it's – uh, all about how you handle adversity um, and, like, being positive. Um, something my uh, fiancé has taught me more recently is, like, learning to look at the positive side of things. Um, I think that helps with just being have, like, more positive outlook, being able to just, okay, now I'm not down. Where can I get better? Where can I, where can I improve so that I can compete at the next place I'm going to? Um, and then sometimes it's not always green on the other side. Um Kind of just staying where you are, just um, being where your feet are and just getting, being the best you you could be, being the best person that you could be for your team, I think is huge. Um, so that's the advice I would give.
Corey, it's been an absolute blast having you on, man. I wish you and your team the best of luck this weekend and the rest of the season. Can't wait to see what you guys do as hopefully you gear up for a playoff run. Uh, and I can't wait to see where your career takes you, man. Obviously, the goal is to one day see you on Sunday somewhere. So best of luck the rest of this year, man. But, folks, that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Thank you.